0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 or so minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps keep us strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. Help people in your life, Help people by sharing these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody get closer to God. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also it'll be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about some things that we might not know about God. Well, as I emphasized, as we got into this line of thought and study, uh, there are a whole lot of things that we would probably like to know more details about, about God. But the Bible gives us what we need to know. And it's difficult for us to relate on a physical level because we're living physical lives, to the spiritual being of God. Now, we have that spiritual essence or being within our physical bodies called a soul, but we, are, we relate to the physical life that we live. And God is spirit, God is spirit. As Jesus brought out in John chapter four, and Paul also brought that out in second Corinthians chapter three in verse 17. We will not be with God in this physical form in eternity in heaven, but we will be changed. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 through 44, Paul goes into some great length and detail talking about how when the Lord comes again, those of us who are still alive physically in this world will be changed. That is, the saved will be changed. We will be given a new body. This corruptible, that is, this physical body, that when we die it decays, goes back to the earth. It'll put on incorruption. This mortal will put on immortality. And so we read verses 50 through 54 in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, we can will not be there in physical form in heaven with God. We will become, we will be given a spiritual body, and we will be able to be with Him in that spiritual realm. Well. But there are some things that we might wonder about that maybe we don't really give much thought to. We might think that that God is kind of uh, that untouchable somewhere up there in heaven, that he does not experience the emotions that we experience, but he does experience emotions. He does care. He's not untouchable. We can touch him. He he is touched by our needs, our faith, our care about living before him in faithfulness. Does God ever hurt? Oh, yes. We talked about how God hurts. We looked at a number of scripture texts that talk about that. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 6, when he looked upon mankind in the days of Noah, he was grieved in his heart. In Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 21, when he was observing the unfaithfulness of the people of Israel, whom he had raised up to be his special people in Old Testament times, through whose bloodline he would send the Savior into the world, it says, For the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. And then we read where John chapter 11 and verse 35 at the death of Lazarus, Jesus wept. He wept, but he also wept for his enemies. Luke chapter 19 and verse 41, in the garden of Gethsemane on the night of his betrayal, the night before he would be put on the cross, he was in agony praying to the Father. And it, were, it was as great, great drops of blood oozing from the pores of his skin, he was in such agony. In in Hebrews chapter five, in verse seven, speaking of Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, oh, he was praying to God, and with vehement cries and in tears, and verse eight says, "Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered." Yes, God hurts. God hurts. We were looking last time at the fact that there are times when God gets angry. God is angry with the wicked every day, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 7 and verse 11. In Psalm 78, verses 21 and 22, therefore the Lord heard this and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel. In other words, the Israelite people because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. God gets angry with man's sin, as we read in Numbers chapter 32, verses 10 through 15. In fact, let's turn over there. I'm not sure that we actually read that text of Scripture, and I wanted to cover that. Numbers chapter 32, verses 10 through 15. So the Lord's anger was aroused on that day, and he swore an oath, saying, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from twenty years old and above shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. What was the occasion? God had sent Moses to lead the Israelites out of bondage, out of the suffering that they had endured in Egypt as slaves. He did that mightily, and he led them to the land that he promised to them through their forefathers, going all the way back to Abraham over 400 years before. And yet, when they got to that land, their faith waned, and they thought, we can't do it. We can't can't go in and possess this land. The people there are mighty. The cities are large. They're fortified. And we've even seen giants in that land. And because of that weakness in their faith, the Lord's anger was aroused. And he said, these adult generations from 20 years old and above, they're not going to enter into this land. I'm going to turn them back into the wilderness. They're going to wander around, I call it piddling, for a period of 40 years until they die off. And then their children I will raise up and I will lead them into this promised land. The only exceptions of those, of those adult generations were Caleb and, and Joshua, who said, we can do this with God's blessing, and with his might, we can take this land. We can possess it. Verse 13, so the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel. And he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone. And look, you have risen in your father's place, a brood of sinful men to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will once again leave them in the wilderness and you will destroy and will and and you will destroy all these people. Now Moses there was pronouncing an ultimate judgment upon the the tribes of of Josh uh, the tribes of of, of uh, Reuben and Gad if they did not follow through and cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land and help their brother tribes to fight the battles to possess that land. Moses said, if you you don't stay faithful in this responsibility, then God's anger will be aroused against you, and you will be punished. Well, thankfully, the people of those tribes said, no, 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 we will cross the Jordan with our brother tribes. We will fight the battles with them. Just let us keep our possession, our land possession, on this side of the Jordan. And they did. They followed through. Does God get angry? Does he ever get angry? Well, yes. We've already seen several scripture texts that tell us that. But also, in 2 Samuel, in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 7, we read this. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah. And God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. Now, what was the problem with Uzzah? God's people apparently had become uh, indolent in their faith. Could we say that? Maybe a lack of dedication, and that they had not stayed true to the the Old Testament scriptures that had been written for them up to that point. And so David, as he became king, wanted to move the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. But he did not know the scriptures that only the Levites were supposed to transport that Ark, and only as they carried it on some staves or poles that would be fashioned within some holders that were manufactured by design into the, out, into the Ark of the Covenant. And so he was moving it on a wagon. And as the wagon was being pulled by the animals, it teetered a little bit. And Uzzah reached out to study it. To steady the ark of the covenant, but you see that was prohibited in God's word. To touch, and especially the someone who is not of the tribe of Levi, to touch the ark, and God struck him dead because of his disobedience. Now we might say, why would God do that if He really didn't know? Ignorance is no excuse. We read that in Acts chapter 17, verses 31 and 32, or verses 30 and 31. Especially as applies to us today in this Christian age. God holds us responsible for knowing his word, sufficient to be able to live faithfully and obediently before him. Does God ever get angry? No question about it. There are times... When God becomes angry, and righteously so, he becomes angry at our disobedience. Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. Oh my, how God has become angry at the practice of idolatry by people who should have faith in him and be faithful to him on a consistent basis. But so many people instead, and we would say, wait a minute, I don't worship idols. You know, there are many Christians today, at least people who call themselves Christians, who kneel down and pray through statues and images all the time. They don't stop and realize that that is violating the very first of the Ten Commandments. You have no other God before me. You don't create any images and I say, oh, no, we're, we're praying to God. You're doing it through idols. That's idolatry. But there are other people, a lot of us, who we don't have statues and images, but we have idols, money, materialism, objects that we can buy. We let our jobs become idols. We let our bank accounts become idols. Some relationships that pull us away from God. And faithfulness and dedication to him, that can be idolatry of another form. Yes, there are times when God becomes angry. Let's never let it be the case that we, in our personal lives, provoke him to anger with us. And to guard against that, we need to live faithfully and obediently before him let's pray. God, please guide us to live in the way that you want us to live and help us to see that way clearly by being students of your word consistently. Help people see that you love us, but you expect our love for you and not just in word, but in deed, in action, in lifestyle, in commitment. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.